Good morning and welcome to another edition of A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Today is June 19th. And if that has a significance to you, because not only is today June 19th, today is also Juneteenth Day. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about some things that could be altering the landscape of college sports because now we're dealing with a different time and era in which we're living in where pretty much from the beginning of the year, we were looking at the situation with COVID-19 and then George Floyd happened and things just went chaotic to where now people are trying to change things or change the narrative of how things are going. Well, there was an interesting article that came out says how one decision can alter the college sports landscape. And this article was on the Oracle by Francisco Rosa. says, in the weeks following the murder of George Floyd, millions of Americans have coalesced to protest police brutality against African Americans and attempt to bring an end to the systematic racism that has plagued this country for centuries. Athletes across the country and the world, regardless of sport or level of play, have played a significant part in trying to bring about changes they want to see. Mikey Williams, an elite basketball recruit from San Ysidro High School in California, is considering taking action by making a move that could alter college sports forever. Williams, a consensus top three player in the class of 2023, divulged in a tweet June 2nd that he is interested in possibly playing for a historically black college or university, HBCU. In one tweet, it says, going to an HBCU wouldn't be too bad. In the week following his tweet, Williams received offers from multiple HBCUs, including Morehouse, Florida A&M, Hampton, and Howard, along with offers from Blue Bloods, traditional elite basketball schools, Arizona and Kansas. The six foot two inch rising sophomore received praise from NBA stars such as Carmelo Anthony, Lou Williams, Damian Lillard for his maturity. If Williams does that, it changes college sports, Anthony said in an Instagram video, because you have a young black kid who is at the top of his game who decides to go to a black university. That's totally different.
Williams's interest was a, was solidified after he doubled down on his tweet in an interview with Bleacher Reports, Taylor Rooks, during which he revealed that he has family ties to HBCUs. I've always looked into going into an HBCU, Williams said. My mom went to Hampton, and she put it in my head early. With my social media following and influence, I feel that I have a chance to change sports forever. As perhaps one of the most sought-after high school basketball players since Zion Williamson, Williams went viral after scoring 77 points in a high school game earlier this year. Is not only capable of potentially shepherding in a new generation of college athletics, but also bringing about a level of athletic and financial prosperity that HBCUs have not seen for decades. Williams' statement are especially relevant because they come during a period when HBCUs across the country are struggling to stay financially stable due to a lack of state and federal funding. In 2010, only 9% of black college students were enrolled in HBCUs, and that number has barely moved since, according to an article by the Hetchinger Report. This stat would have been unimaginable during the mid-20th century when 18% of black college students were attending HBCUs in 1976. From the time of segregation to the civil rights era and even into the 1970s and 1980s, these institutions were a haven for black student-athletes, and it was not rare to see truly great generational talents come out of these institutions. Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State, New York Knicks legend Willis Reed, Grambling State, and tennis grand slam winner Althea Gibson, Florida A&M, are only a few all-time great HBCU products. Things are different today, however, with media deals worth billions. College athletics has become a domain where predominantly white institutions carry the most weight and profit on elite black athletes. During his time at Duke, a period that didn't even spawn a full year, Williamson was worth an estimated $5 million per year to the school based on media exposure, marketing deals, and ticket sales. However, Williams has made it clear that if a school is going to profit off of his accolades, he wants it to be an HBCU. A lot of athletes are so starstruck by big-name schools and coaches that they forget they control their own narrative, Williams said in an interview with Rooks. If there's anybody that's getting paid for me being at their school, I want it to be my own people. The reason why elite athletes choose to attend PWIs are apparent. PWIs are constantly making upgrades to bear their programs and attract top recruits. HBCUs are oftentimes unable to provide their athletes with the facilities and resources needed to prepare them for the professional level. Grambling State, an HBCU in Louisiana known for its historic football program, experienced a 57% decrease in state funding over several years that made it difficult for the school to maintain, much less renovate its football facilities, according to the athletic, The Atlantic. Things got so bad at Grambling that the team staged a boycott that forced them to forfeit a game. Meanwhile, 
three hours south of Grambling, LSU's football program has made a $28 million renovation to its locker room. Williams's potential decision has the ability to usher in a new era that will see HBCUs begin to compete with their predominantly white counterparts. In the 2017-18 season, Prairie View A&M was the top-earning HBCU in terms of athletic revenue with $18.5 million, according to USA Today. That is $27 million less than USF during, this, during that season and $201 million less than the University of Texas, which was the team that earned the most revenue that year with $219.4 million. By getting top-end <clears throat> talents such as Williams, HBCUs would be able to receive larger shares of NCAA revenue as talent and competitiveness at these schools grow, so will the demand to see their athletes compete. In turn, HBCUs could see themselves earning larger cuts of those massive television deals and bring in more revenue. In an era in which recruits have the power to influence the college decisions of other top talents, all it takes is the right recruit to be the trailblazer for a new age of college sports. Williams could be that guy. Only God knows what the future holds, Williams wrote in an Instagram post on June 3rd. But when that time does come, I have to narrow my schools down to whatever number it is. There will be multiple HBCUs on that list, and they won't just be there for show. So there we have it. Could the landscape of college athletes, college athletics change as we know it? All it takes is that one. My question, though, is while some of these pro athletes are singing his praise and saying all it takes is one, I throw this question out. Why couldn't they have been the one? Something to think about. I have more to come. Hopefully a phone call. So we can get someone's perspective on this. But I'll be back in a minute with more to come. Okay, I'm back, and we have a report coming up. ACC coach to propose league schools play HBCUs on MLK Day. Might we actually see Duke play a non-conference road game outside of the ACC Big Ten Challenge this season? If one coach has his way, we will. According to a report from Stadium's Jeff Goodman, an unnamed ACC coach, head coach will be making a proposal to his conference counterparts that all 15 ACC programs play games against HBCU opponents on January the 18th, 2021. That's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's a lovely sentiment, 
and the symbolism of a school like Duke playing against a school like North Carolina Central on MLK Day would really be powerful. It's a cause I can fully get behind and something that, quite frankly, I hope the likes of Roy Williams and Coach K buy into. Because it is going to take influencers like them to convince ESPN that they don't need a big Monday game on that night. But <clears throat> I also think these programs could and should go farther. Don't just play the HBCUs, play them on the road. A lot of the schools that have to play upwards of a dozen buy games just to keep their athletic departments solvent to make some money at the door. Help them sell out the gym. Make a push through the ACC schools and via social media to try and raise $10 million in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and donate the money to charities on the front lines fighting racial inequity. ACC schools and HBCUs on MLK Day is symbolic, but helping get funds to those schools and to the people that are actively fighting to make the changes so many want to see will be a meaningful action. So what are your thoughts? I personally don't think it should just be limited to ACC schools. I think there are a lot of Power 5 schools that can schedule games against HBCU schools. Matter of fact, I'll go even a step farther. I think they could schedule them home and away. It would be a good way for one to get one of these Power 5 schools into one of those gyms, like you say, help sell it out. And at the same time, some of these kids that may never get to play at some of these schools, they get a chance to go to these schools and play against these schools. So I'm going to go a step farther and go beyond just the ACC schools. I'm here in Wichita, Kansas. Yes, I'm going to throw this out. I wouldn't put it past Greg Marshall to do a home-and-home -home series against an HBCU school. And if it gets good enough, extend it out beyond just one game here, one game there. Make it a series, at least a, at least a six-year series where you're playing three there and they're playing three here. At least you know that's the one game where they can say, okay, this game is going to be a sellout, and we want to thank this school for helping us, you know, fund our athletic department. Because when it comes down to it, it's all about the bottom line, which is money. And some of these HBCU schools are struggling to stay afloat. And I heard an athlete say it like this. I don't think that these HBCU schools are looking for sympathy because I believe that they like who they are, they like what they represent, they like what they stand up for. They're not looking for apathy as well either, but they do look for the empathy. In other words, understanding. So I think it's time that the Power Five schools in general, it's time that you start putting some of these schools on your schedule. 
I will be back with some more. So stay tuned. Happy Juneteenth Day. I'm back and we have another article. This one is centered around Rodney McLeod, defensive back with the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagle safety calls out colleges for profiting off our excellence. College football profits hand over fist on the backs of college black athletes. Maybe it's time the NCAA did more for them. Not just college football, all of college athletics, black males constitute 55% of college football teams and 56% of college basketball teams across 65 institutions per a recent study conducted by USC professor Sean R. Harper. Yet many schools and individual programs have remained silent in regard to the Black Lives Matter movement. Eagle safety Rodney McLeod said he is sick of them profiting off our excellence and proposed an interesting idea to turn the tide. Black athletes should spurn the so-called power conferences in favor of HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. While these colleges make millions of dollars from college athletic sports, specifically football, most have shied away from speaking out and standing alongside their student-athletes, McLeod wrote. Profit off our excellence, quiet during our suffering is not the way. Majority of the teams are black students. What if we started sending all our D1 athletes to HBCU, build our own schools back up, allow them to reap the benefits of our talents instead? The top colleges today are profiting $100 million annually. McLeod isn't the only one advocating for Division I athletes to boycott college programs. The top recruit in the 2023 basketball class hinted that he may decide to commit to an HBCU. Mikey Williams, a rising sophomore at San Ysidro High School, has already received 16 scholarship offers, including Arizona, Arkansas, Memphis, Kansas, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. He also has offers from top HBCU schools like Grambling, State, Hampton, and Howard. Last week, Williams shook up the world of college athletics when he tweeted out eight letters. Going to an HBCU wouldn't be too bad, he wrote. He followed up with a thoughtful Instagram post why he is considering taking a different path. The thought didn't jump into his mind overnight. This has been a thought for years. This didn't just recently pop up in my head, Williams wrote. What a lot of coaches don't understand is that we don't need them. We control our own narrative. 
NCAA reported $1.1 billion in revenue in 2017. This isn't the first time the debate over whether black athletes should abandon white colleges has surfaced. In 2017, Jamel Hill inked a powerful piece for the Atlantic where she proposed the idea of black athletes forcing change. She reported that the NCAA ranked raked in $1.1 billion in revenue from athletics in 2017. The HBCU simply don't have the money to compete with the power conferences. But if a high-profile recruit committed to a school like Howard or Hampton, it might force a seismic shift and lead to other prep stars doing the same. Hill wrote the following. It wouldn't be that hard. Many of the top high school players, especially in basketball, know one another from amateur athletic union, AAU tournaments, and all-star games as the Fab Five did. If a few of them got together at HBCUs, they could redraw the landscape of college basketball. If promising black student-athletes chose to attend HBCUs in greater numbers, they would, at a minimum, bring some welcome attention and money to beleaguered black colleges which invested in black people when there was no athletic profit to reap. More revolutionary, perhaps they could disrupt the reign of an amateur sports system that used the labor of black folks to make white folks rich. It's an interesting conversation. Perhaps a greater debate is on the horizon. Kudos to Rodney McLeod for helping call attention to it. So, as you can see, there could possibly be a shift in the college athletic landscape. All it takes is that one. Now, my question is, and I'm going to research it, I'm kind of interested in knowing what school did Rodney McLeod go to before I just jump on the Rodney McLeod bandwagon. What school did Jamel Hill go to before I jump on her bandwagon? Because at best we know Jamel Hill has been a very controversial figure. And once again, I go back to this. You look at your Carmelo Anthony's. You look at, I'll even say your Kevin Durant's, who was one and done. If you know that one athlete can make a difference, why hasn't it already been done? I mean, Carmelo Anthony went to Syracuse. Kevin Durant went to Texas. Granted, both of them were one and done, but the schools they went to were not HBCUs, but they were in Power Five conferences. But let's name some of the athletes that have come out of historically black universities and the impact that they have made. Walter Payton, NFL Hall of Famer. Jerry Rice, another Hall of Famer. 
Doug Williams, Super Bowl MVP and winning quarterback. Just to name a few. Deacon Jones back in the day played with the Los Angeles Rams. Willis Reed, who played with the New York Knicks. So there is greatness that come out of these leagues. So why has, why does it seem that it's going to just take this one person to change the narrative when others could have done it even since Doug Williams? Steve McNair. He was another one since Doug Williams. And there have probably been others. So who's going to be the next? And will there be an influx? Basketball, football, and baseball. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. Like it, share it, replay it. This is the A-Train. Enjoy your Juneteenth, Juneteenth weekend.